0: This is CliffCentral. dot com.
1: Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Cliff, um, Cliff Central, Country Duty Show on Cliff Central. My name is Katlyah, and I am flying solo tonight again because Dumi's is not available to join us today. Thank you very much for tuning in. We have a very interesting show tonight. Um. I'll tell you all about it a little bit later I hope there's more people listening in Because you know Ikasa came out now in favor of um The data prices Not really falling But like it's a, it's a little bit better Than they were before I think And the roll over thing That's happening So now at least we've got some Leftover data from April Coming into May And you know after the long weekend and stuff. Thank you very much. And I hope you guys had a lovely long weekend. Um also also it is Cliff Central's fourth birthday. So whoop whoop, happy birthday to Cliff Central. Um congratulations on making it four years and we wish you all the best for the next upcoming four years. Um so since we last spoke last week, a lot of things have happened. Top of the thing is that a lot all these these men who are abusing women are getting like the, 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 the laws doing the Lord's work here. Um Bill Cosby's case came up and he was found guilty of um molesting the ladies and sleep and having raping them. He he done sexually, he raped them and dragging them because he admitted it in 2005 um, that he, 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 he used to drag women, have sex with them and, and so the the ruling came in last week to say that he has been convicted of a sexual assault. And oh the videos of the women who, who were victims to him crying and being so happy that, you know, justice has prevailed. I mean, I know one of them did cry at saying it it's 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 a little thing but it's it's so much better than nothing because at the end of the day it doesn't take back or erase um what was done, but it is, it has been come, it has come out to say that he is planning to appeal the verdict, um, which will delay his imprisonment for another, for a few months or, or years, depending on how the justice system works. Um, I'm not sure how the justice system works overseas, but I know if it was this side, he was going to have it a lot easier. Um, another person who was also found guilty that today just made my day was Sandy Lamanto. So he, um, the South, Houting High Court in Johannesburg um, found him guilty for murdering his ex-girlfriend Karabo Mokwena so justice for Karabo has actually been heard um, he killed he he's been accused of having stabbed her and killed her last year and he is coming out to say that he only um disposed of her body and um so either way he he, he still also found guilty for um what is this thing called for defeating the ends of justice? Ish. Legal, legal stuff. This is why I need to be on air with me today, you know? Um defeating the ends of justice because in, in discarding of her body and, and burning her to beyond, beyond any way that the, the, the um the test that they do. Afterwards, what do you call them? <laughs> um, the, the post-mortems could not be done effectively and they were not able to determine her cause of death. Um, that's just how badly burned her body was. So it, he, he, yeah, he was found guilty of murdering her and defeating the ends of justice by trying to get rid of her body and on the news, I was listening to the, to, to him this mor- this mor- this afternoon as I was driving into studio, and my gosh, the carelessness of this guy to come, actually come out and say that Garabo's family even knew that all he was guilty of was trying to give her a better life, and unfortunately, he came in at a time when it was falling apart. I mean, it's just it's crazy. I cannot, I cannot even think how he thinks that's something that he can justify or come out on air and say how did he give her a better life when there's been reports of so much abuse that it was coming from him um there's also reports like everything was just it, it, his, her, her life was just going to shatters when he ever since he he, met, he moved he she met him and he's coming out here to play what hero hero this is crazy i'm I'm very glad that the acting judge Pete Johnson um found him guilty and i'm um, i'm looking forward to the sentencing and i'm hoping that it's going to be something that that will pl- give closure to the morgana family and condolences was again for for to them for the loss and we just pray that they're able to to maybe find closure in in this ruling um yeah Guys, so the song today we ruled, we run, who um run the world, girls run the world, is in actually in support of um our girl Casta simenya Casta is, you know, our golden girl in South Africa, and IAAF has come out with a ruling that says that it's basically targeted at Kesta, and I see a lot of people when they tweet about it have been calling it the Kesta Clause, um that comes out to say that all female athletes are going to now be tested for testosterone levels and expected to decrease the testosterone levels um, prior to their races. I have a lot to say about this, but I'm going to leave it all up to our studio guest tonight, who's going to be Prof. Steve Cornelius, who, as you all know, resigned this weekend um, um, in protest of this clause against or this policy that IAAF has put up against I'm going to say it against Kesta <laughs> um Semenya and she's 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 our golden girl man I mean she's got 13 gold medals I think the last time I checked um and she's doing amazing she's got a couple of races coming up and if you've been following her tweets as well you know she comes out and she's just unfazed by this but um I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's really that and it's not just a show and that she's really coming. She's strong. She's a strong woman and we're really proud of her and we support her. And you know, I hashtag hands off Casta So we'll be back after a little bit of a music show just to talk to Prof. Um, Cornelius about his resignation and the IAAF ruling. This is CliffCentral.com. Uh, welcome back! Thank you very much for staying tuned in. Superwoman—that's exactly what Kastusimania is. She is our superwoman, our superhero. Um, please do join in the conversation. Send us your WhatsApp on zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero, or give us a call on zero eight six one triple five one eight nine. You can also um, join the conversation via Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at handful underscore k, or you can tag at country duty z a, and your conversations will come through, and I can give them to Prof. So we are going to be having Professor. Um, he's a law expert. Professor Steve Cornelius um, on the line with us tonight. Um, he is he joined IAF last year, the tribunal late last year, and he was a member of the independent anti-doping hearing panel of the South African Institute for Drug Free Sports. Um, good evening, Professor. How are you?
0: Uh, good evening, Katheisha. Thank you for inviting me to join your discussion.
1: Thank you so much for agreeing to come and join us on such short notice.
0: No, always, always a pleasure.
1: Okay, it's lovely. So the IAAF. Um, honestly, I only heard about the IAAF um, last week when they came out with this policy. Could you please tell us a little bit more about who they are, not, they are, and what they do?
0: Well, the IAAF uh, is is the governing body internationally of of international athletics. They are made up of a federation of all the international or all nationals uh, athletics federations. So Athletic South Africa will be a member of that. Uh, The president of the IAAF currently is Lord Sebastian Coe. Mm -hmm. He himself is a former Olympic gold medalist. Uh, And then there's a council which uh, makes most of the decisions and drafts the regulations. And then the part where I was involved in was actually an independent uh, disciplinary tribunal which was set up recently. To deal with issues of doping, with uh, maybe corruption in the sport, and and those kinds of issues, and uh, that that was what I was part of.
1: Okay, um, so the the new policy that they've got in now, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Um, it's it's meant to have the ladies or the females in sports be t- um, tested for for testosterone levels, and it, those who exceed a certain level are then going to be expected to be drugged, or injected with with um, a substance that then decreases the levels of testosterone, and am I understanding that, that correctly?
0: Well, these regulations only apply to certain events. It's only the 400 meters, 800 meters, uh, 400 meters hurdles and the 1500. So it's only particular events, not all the events. And then if if a, a female athlete is tested in one of these events and it's found that she has Elevated testosterone levels, according to what the IAAF views as a, a normal standard, I think. Um, then she has two choices. She can all um, quit international athletics and then just participate at a local level, or she can opt for medical treatment that would then reduce her testosterone levels. Now, as you said, uh, that would most likely involve some form of hormone therapy. Uh, but, um, yeah, the exact nature of that treatment is not clear.
1: Okay. Um, is there any way that you can tell us how the races that were selected were were picked out, the ones that have been um, isolated for this for this testing or for this policy? Well,
0: it's a bit controversial because the IAAF claims that they are relying on research that was done, scientific research. Uh, of course, we can discuss the, the research and the quality of that later. But in terms of this research, it suggested that athletes in certain events, like the 400 metres, the 400 metre hurdles, the 800 metres, and then interestingly the pole vault and the hammer throw, have an advantage if they have a testosterone level um, significantly above the threshold that the IAAF set. So it's it's just strange that if these, if, if this research refers to Uh, certain events uh, that not all of them are included in the regulations because there's no mention of pole vault or hammer throw in these regulations and also the research is not really conclusive on the 1500 meters so it's, it's just strange you know from a legal point of view if one makes a decision you must make a decision that you can justify with a reason and your decision must be in accordance with your reason now if their reason is this research then the decision they take is not in accordance with this research. And and that was one of the issues that, that bothered me with, with these regulations.
1: Were you consulted during the policy um, discussions?
0: Well, no. This was done by the IAAF Council. And I think by nature, being part of an independent uh, disciplinary tribunal, one would not be consulted in this kind of situation. Okay. All right. uh, we All right. would have been called upon if there was some disciplinary hearing relating to these uh, regulations, uh, I I would have probably been consulted or asked to rule on or apply these regulations and that that was where I objected because I felt it's uh, definitely wrong uh, from a moral and ethical point of view and I have serious legal concerns about the validity of these regulations and under those conditions, I I believe that I could not sit there and enforce or apply rules that, that I did not believe in. And it would be the correct step for me rather to step back. And uh, uh, if someone else wants to do it, that's their conscience and they must make that decision. But, but I was not going to do it.
1: Yes, a lot of calls have and, and congratulatory messages have come in for you for doing this. And we're very thankful and proud of what you have done Thank standing you. up for this. Um, so in terms of the discipline, um, have you found that a lot of um, female athletes are using the um, doping substances to enhance their races? Or is this like well, there unregular? has been
0: cases. I mean, the most uh, notorious recently would, would be the Russian scandal, uh, mm-hmm. and from time to time it shows up. Uh, former Olympic gold medalist um, in in the hundred meters, uh, and, and now my mind has gone blank. Um, uh, was was eventually found guilty of of using banned substances. So it happens from time to time. I don't think it's more prevalent in the female events than in the male events. I think whenever there's money involved, there will always be a few people who try to take shortcuts and to try to get an unfair advantage. But that for me is also the issue here because uh, athletes that have higher testosterone levels, uh, that's that's their natural ability yes, that they exactly. were either born with or that they de- developed as they grew older. Uh, it's it's not as if they are taking any substance to, to, to artificially enhance. enhance their abilities. And, and that's also why I... I have an issue with these regulations.
1: True, because um, I actually find it very, very um, hypocritical that they t- they're they telling athletes not to use any doping substances to enhance their systems or to enhance their uh, abilities in sports, and yet they expect um, females to go and take what I'm going to call drugs and doping to go and decrease their, their, their uh, abilities. And... What I heard in one of the interviews is that this, the the drugs that they they'll be taking to to decrease to lower the levels of testosterone are actually not very helpful. Um, good for the females, they um, speed up menopause. They have bad rep- st- um, consequences and health consequences on the heart and female life. And just it just deteriorates on under these things.
0: Well, well, that's part of my concern, uh, is, is that uh, there, there are certain health risks. It, it will most certainly be a, a form of hormone th- uh, therapy or treatment. And, and there are known risks. There's also studies to suggest that there's risks of cancers. Um, and, and that's why I really have a concern. The history is full of situations where in, in many years past, people who were different were given all kinds of treatments, corrective treatments, or put in asylums, because society could not deal with them. And and I, I think this is what, what is happening now. We have someone who has a natural gift. Uh, that she um, just naturally has a, an elevated testosterone level. Um, and it's for me the same as saying a, a high jumper is too tall. Or or a swimmer's feet is too big. So they've got an advantage if they swim.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it becomes ball, absurd yeah. if you
0: go down this route.
1: So it opens up the floodgates for them to be more... Abnormal <laughs> regulations and policies that restrict people who are naturally born with 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 the gift to then try and curb their excellence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the whole thing is that uh, elite sport is not for the average person. If, mm. if that was the case, then I'd I'd uh, prepare for the next Olympics.
1: I'd be there and, too. There's and certainly you know? <laughs> no chance
0: of of you seeing me there. Yeah, no. But um. Just on that topic, you know, this this a, a, a an interesting case, and it's very fortuitous that it's happened round about now as well. An American basketball player named David Simon, in who was playing in the South Korean league, mm-hmm. and last year he was the top scorer in that league. This year they passed a rule that said no foreign player over two meters tall may participate in the Korean league. So he's been told, sorry, you're not allowed to play anymore because you're too tall. And and that is where we are going if if these regulations like the IAAF's regulations are 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 allowed to stand? And are we going to go go down the slippery slope where you know where where do we stop? What what's where the next is gonna say, we Oh well you're too white or too black or too green or to, to participate and yes, too crazy uh, to really that's going back to the Middle Ages.
1: That's very true. Um we need to have something um I'm um, like um draw the line somewhere you know i mean this is something that she natu- that cast okay i i think personally i'm not sure how you've I'll ask you about it that this is directed specifically at kester i'm not really sure what it is that that threatens them or that threatens the the um yeah the the world about her because there've been so many other people who have had um what society would not call a female body, um, partaking in sports. And they've never been attacked before. And yet with Casta Semenya, they have gone in and out and they've, they've gone over and above to actually try and, and ridicule her and, and, and try and discredit everything that she does and all the hard work that she has put in to get to where she is right now. So, um, I just wanted to know, do you think that this, Policy is specifically directed at Kester because I know I've also seen it everywhere that it's now been um, locally termed or uh, yeah, popularly termed locally as the Casta Semenya Clause or yeah
0: yeah. Well, I I try to avoid that that approach. I, I think that was not my only uh, motivation for for resigning yes. from the tribunal. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was a, a bigger picture also of all female athletes in these events now suddenly being under scrutiny. Uh, certainly, I think as a South African, I'm proud of Gasta, and it must have been in the back of my mind, and it must have just put, pushed my blood pressure up a few notches so that I actually went over the edge. But um, uh, this this is about more than, than just a, an, an individual athlete, and I, I just think these regulations are, are fundamentally flawed. Uh, the science behind it has been questioned. Uh, from a legal point of view, there are serious concerns. Uh, about them and, and that is why uh, I, I could not uh, Associate myself with The possibility that I would have to enforce this
1: I would like to talk to you a little bit more About the legal point of view But then um, I have a question that's coming on the WhatsApp line um, Does the drug that Is being proposed for um, Dropping the testosterone levels Does it affect the athlete Holistically in their performance In other sporting activities as well
0: well that's that's where the science is not clear. Um we, we're not even certain that lowering the testosterone level is going to have an impact on, on the sport's performance. And and that is part of the problem. The the IAAF tries to to suggest that there is hardcore clear cut science and that there's consensus amongst the medical and scientific community. But but the point is that the science is not clear. Uh the, this if it's not clear that the testosterone advances uh or enhances her performance, then it's also not clear that a reduction will will change that, um, and and that is as well part of the issue.
1: So there's those those no um, documented experiments with like a, a, a whole you know experiment solution and no steps followed. This is just something that they've just uh, an opinion of theirs. That's well, been they,
0: they, they, there is research published. Uh, the, the proper way to go about this is to conduct the research. Uh, and then to, to write a, uh, a journal article that will be submitted to a reputable scientific journal and it will be peer-reviewed by a number of peers before it is published. Uh, and and then, of course, that starts a debate. Academic publishing is not about giving the final word on any topic. Uh, other peers will, will read those articles and will critique it. And that is exactly what happened in this case. There, there are some... Articles that were published and they have been critiqued and they have been shown to be flawed in in the way they applied the science. Mm -hmm. What is also interesting is that most of the research that the IAAF relies on involved someone either currently with the IAAF or formerly with the IAAF who was part of the research team. Wow. Now again, from a legal point of view, <laughs> yeah, if if you right. rely on research, there must at least be some independent research. Yes. It can't be just your own research.
1: No, that's true. Um, it's it's um there's a governance term for it as well. The threat to independence or, or something along those lines. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, what are the the legal um, issues that you that you think ha- or that you say that are on the in the back of your mind every time you think about this policy that have not been looked at?
0: Well, firstly, of course, for me, it's it's an issue of gender discrimination because uh, certain females are going to be uh, scrutinized now. Um, and, and obviously, people, when, when this starts, everybody's going to start asking questions. The moment, uh, imagine if, if an athlete now beats Gusta Semenya, the first question is going to be, mm, I wonder if she's uh, got higher testosterone levels. You know, so immediately all female athletes are going to be under suspicion. That question is so already, already in the back of a lot of her competitors, though. Yeah, and and um, so so that already for me is a discrimination issue. Mm. There's there's the human dignity issue yes. uh, that that comes up. Uh, there's the right to your uh, physical and bodily integrity mm. um, by forcing them to take medication that violates that. In the European Union, they have a prohibition against what is called uh, eugenic practices. And basically, eugenic practices is an attempt to to manipulate the, the human body to conform to your standards, yes. which, again, this is exactly what it is. So um, uh, just from those points of view, it, it is fundamentally flawed. And, and as I mentioned earlier as well, if you make a legal decision, your decision must accord with your Reasons that you provide. And here, the decision that is taken to pass these regulations does not um, um, resonate with the research that they purport to rely on. So it's, it's difficult for me to see how they can justify these regulations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 an infringement of everything, actually. <laughs> it really is. So we have a question on another question on WhatsApp that's asking: currently excluding the doping athletes, has the sample set of the experiment been representative of the population of athletes known to
0: compete? Well, in some of the studies, they have. Uh, some of the studies that the IAAF relied on were purely on Scandinavian athletes and and not at the elite level, but. Uh, something that, that concerns me also is it, the, the IAAF suggests that they've also conducted research uh, during the, the anti-doping process at the IWF World Championships uh, and, and used those samples, blood or urine samples, to, to conduct their research. Now, my first question as well is when, whenever one conducts research involving human subjects, there, there are certain ethical policies that you need to implement. And most important of those are that you must have the informed consent of the person involved in the study. Mm. Now, if, if they use those samples, uh, I, I have not seen that they they refer to this informed consent of every single participant. And I also have an issue that in terms of the World Anti-Doping Code, I don't believe there is provision for using those samples for any purpose other than testing for the use of banned substances. So, So that is a further point where... And uh, some of the unpublished research that they rely on, which of course being unpublished is unreliable, yes. um, means you know I, I have ethical questions about that research.
1: Why do they have the power to? So much <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying to. Inf- I'm finding it crazy, for lack of a better word, that they actually have this kind of power to be able to to think that they can get away with something like this, because it seems like they there's there's an absolute this 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 Policy is not one that they can actually implement at all, let alone to announce it. If they're not using reliable resources research um, they're not then it's in, not independent. there's absolutely nothing that they can actually stand on.
0: well, yes, for me when whenever you have to start to rationalize what you are doing uh, you you have to stand back and wonder if you are doing the right thing if if you're doing the right thing, what what you do should speak for itself. And and I just find with the IWAf that they they're constantly having to, to rationalise their, their decision. Uh, and and that uh sometimes one might have to um do that, but but I've often found that if you start down that road, you you deep down you have an inkling that something is not right here. And and uh so so I'm I'm disappointed at, at these regulations, at the way they were drafted, at the fact that they differentiate only certain events at the fact that they distinguish between local and international participation. If, if an athlete now runs locally and breaks the world record, will they recognize that? Mm. You know, that's not clear. So this really leaves more questions and more uh, uncertainty than I think they've tried to solve.
1: So why did you resign? I mean, I, I've got your letter and I've heard that you say that morally and ethically it's, it goes against your whole being. But um could you, like, why?
0: Yeah, no, you, could it's, have, it's, you
1: could have stayed in the board and fought it from within the board, um, fought the policy from yeah from within. The well, we're,
0: at, at the level where I was, I, I had no say in the board and at that level. So uh, there, there was no option for me to do it on the inside. Mm-hmm. The option was stay involved and perhaps apply these regulations against someone or stand back and use this opportunity to conduct research and, and to write um, on on the fallacy of, of these arguments. Um, and as, as an academic, I, I love these kinds of situations because they've given me so much th- food for thought that I will now engage in, in doing research and hopefully publish a paper or two by the end of the year on this. Uh, if I was involved in, in the tribunal, it would have been more difficult as well to do that because I, I can't really then... From an ethical point of view, you know, criticise what is happening there. But the moment I stepped back, I think I give myself the space to 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 speak my mind and and do what I think is the appropriate thing to do.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight, sir. Um, I'm going to be reading your letter to the listeners. For those who have not seen it, um, it's a very powerful letter, and we very much appreciate the support that you've given to to our. Fellow athletes as well as Casta Semenya and thank you very much for your time.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me to the show. I really appreciate it. And thanks for everybody's support. Uh, it, it's really made the, the big difference for me. And, and also thank you for the odd hate mail that, that shows me that I'm on the right track.
1: Yes, of course. So if you don't have any haters, then you know you're doing something wrong. So big up Absolutely. to you. You're doing the right thing and we're very proud and thankful. Thanks. Thank you. So the letter, the resignation letter from, um, Mr. From Prof. Steve Cornelius Reads as such um, It is with enormous It is with an emor- enormous amount Of sadness that I address this letter to you In 2017 when I was appointed To the inaugural IAA if disciplinary tribunal. I viewed that as a great honor and I looked forward to make some contribution to ensure the integrity of the sport I love most. Sadly, I cannot in good conscience continue to associate myself with an organization which insists on ostracizing certain individuals, all of them female, for no reason other than f- being what they were born to be. The adoption of the new eligibility ooh, eligibility it. Mm. Illegitimity regulations for female classification is based on the same kind of ideology that has led to some of the worst injustices and atrocities in the history of our planet. How the IAAF Council can, in the 21st century, when we are meant to be more tolerant and aware of the fundamental human rights, even contemplate these kinds of objectionable regulations is a sad reflection of the fact that the Hmm. The antiquated views of the old scandal hit iAF still prevails, and that your promises to of reform have been empty indeed. There is much dishonesty in the way in which the IAAF have continued to deal with a matter which should have been addressed by which should have been addressed by it in the first place. I am confident the history will judge you, and the members of the iAAF council harshly for choosing um, to go down this route. On deep moral grounds, I cannot see myself as being part of the system in which I may well be upon, be called upon to apply the um, regulation to its item to be fundamentally flawed and most likely unlawful in various jurisdictions across the globe. It would also be unethical for me to devote time and intake and energy to expose the warped ideology behind the new regulations while serving. The disciplinary tribunal. It is uh, for these reasons that I have decided to tender my resignation from the IAAF disciplinary tribunal effective immediately. I can only do what my conscience directs, but I do hope that there are others who are in the same, who are in some way involved with the IAAF and who have been, and who have the courage of conviction to take a strong stand against this injustice from the IAAF, which will perpetrate against certain female ethics with regards Professor Steve Cornelius. Um it's a very hard hitting letter. Um and it's it's it says a lot. It speaks a lot of the moral morale that he has uh, that Prof has and the support that he's given to Casta as well. Um I'm very I'm very disappointed as well that this is the route that the IDI, the IAAF has taken to has chosen to go because it it really does feel like it's targeting Kaa, and to this day we still do not know what it is what it is because she has gone through whatever she has jumped through hoops and done everything she possibly can to please the the international sports arena um and meet the standards that they have set for her or expected her to meet, and yet they are never satisfied, and they keep finding more flaws for her to go through so um We'll we'll just be here um supporting her and giving her all the love. Thank you very much. Um we're gonna take a musical break right now and come back uh, on the flip side of this.
0: This is Cliffcentral dot com.
1: Yeah, well yes, that's Castro Semenya living her life like it's golden. There's a tweet that she posted yesterday that says, God made me the way I am and I accept myself. I am who I am and I am proud of myself. I love it. I love it and I'm Yes, you know what? Go Caster. I'm retweeting it even. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about last week that we actually just touched on very quickly at the end of the show was the, um, guidelines for the restitution of land bill. Uh, the processes of how, what, how to go about submitting your submissions. I will give out the email, um, where you can send them as well as the postal address to where you can send it. Oh, there's a fax number as well for, you know, um, fax machines and all. <laughs> um, the content guidelines, um, there are three main parts to a submission. The first paragraph should introduce who you are and why the bill is relevant to you. The middle part of your submission should explain the problems your members currently have. Um, if you are representing a group of people or well, if you're just representing you and your family, you can also just um, talk about the problems that you are currently having and explain how the bill will affect the underlying problems. And then you finally need to make your recommendation clear. The next part will set out some of the questions that you might want to consider. It is important that you, um, you actually understand the facts that you're about to give and so that you have the background to, to your submission draft. Um, even a one-pager is is better than no submission at all. Then your voice will be heard and it will be considered and you can say that you were part of um, the rent, land restitution claim. The um, outstanding claims, the pro- possible problem areas is that there's outstanding claims. There are a black backlog of about 20,000 um, claims that have not yet been fully resolved. This makes up about 25% of the total claim lodged um, since the beginning of the restitution program um so we we still got quite a way to go but please people please 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 we also would like to let you guys know that country duty does have or is trying to put together a group of um lawyers who will be representing people who might not be able to or who who would not know how to go about this legally um we will put up more details about that um closer to the time um so let me just give you the addresses and contact details that you'll be sending your submissions to um your submission should be addressed as follows pumla Nyamaza, uh, p.o box cape town 8000 p.o box 15 cape town um 8000 Ooh, I'm sorry, guys. Pumla Nyamaz, portfolio committee on rural development and land reform, Parliament of RSA, PO Box 15, Cape Town 8000. That is where you can send it via post. Post office. Um, you can also email the submission to pnyamz. A at or fax it to zero eight six five zero four six eight four eight. The subject line for those who are in the la- who are sending it via email should be substi- sub- mm, submission of the restitution of land rights amendment bill. Uh, by and then you can either fill in if you're going in as an organization the organization's name or by your name and your family surname if you're doing it um, by yourself. Some of the um, some of the questions that you might want to look at or might want to look uh, um, concentrate on when you're doing it is that you should be able to give as much detail as possible. Um, about when the claim was lodged, why in your view it has not been finalized. Did the commission not accept or support your community pro- property association if you had one? Um, that could also be part of the, con- the, the submission that you have. Did traditional leaders interfere with the process? Has there been any communication to or from the government bodies? If so, include the details thereof. Have you, ha- there been any court orders? If so, include as much information as such. You should have copies of any correspondence that you use to the courts or court orders or to any of the traditional leaders as well. What do you, th- what in fact do you think would be lodging of any of the many new complaints, um, claims, some of them potentially overlapping with your own land, have on your claim on land. Um, So these are the kind of things that you can also include in your submission to the land reform. Um, We are still also going to be waiting to hear what the um, land summit from the Khoisan um, discussion last week brought up. Um, We're re- looking forward to having that discussion and we will try and have Dr. Martin back in studio soon so that he can give us a, a feedback about that discussion. Yeah, guys, this is everything that I had prepared for tonight. So we've still got some time. Um Any calls, any questions, any comments on what you guys would like to discuss or what you guys think we should be looking at um, going forward for next week, maybe even. Please do drop us tweets, drop us um, email countrydutyza at com, or tag us on at countrydutyza or at handful underscore K or at dumi me and we will look into it and see if we can be of any assistance. Thank you very much for staying tuned in tonight. And thank you very much for lending an ear. Congratulations and big ups to Professor Steve Cornelius once again. Thank you for his time as well and for answering all the questions. Enjoy your evening. This is